You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What do you do when life doesn't go according to plan? That moment you lose a job, or a loved one, or even a piece of yourself. I'm Brooke Shields, and this is Now What? A podcast about pivotal moments as told by people who lived them. Each week I sit down with a guest to talk about the times they were knocked off course and what they did to move forward. Some stories are funny. Others are gut-wrenching. But all are unapologetically human and remind us that every success and every setback is accompanied by a choice. And that choice answers one question. Now what? I'm fascinated by your archery. (laughs) Right. I'm just, talk to me about how that happens. Just, we, I love this. (laughs) Um, So, well, when I got cast in a league of their own, I had to learn how to play baseball. And I started really picking it up. And and they started saying, you know, you have a lot of untapped athletic ability. And I was like, it took me till 36 to find this out. And I thought, you know, I want I wonder if I'd be good in real life in a sport. Because in a movie, they'll you know, if you can't do it, they'll make it happen anyway. And uh, <laughs> I was watching the Olympics in uh, 96 and on TV. And there was a lot of coverage of archery. And I, I thought, wow, archery is very beautiful and it's very dramatic. I wonder if I could be good at that. My guest today is the incredible Gina Davis. We met God, years ago through a dear friend. I remember being struck by her humor and her intelligence, her amazing intelligence and her kindness. Those are qualities that she maintains to this day. Like many of you, I'm also a huge fan of her work. I can't count the number of times I've watched Thelma and Louise. When I close my eyes, I can still see Gina in that blue convertible, hand in hand with Susan Sarandon, flying free into the air like a true rebel. And this many years later, Gina is still a certified badass. She is an Oscar award-winning actor. 
an activist for equal representation on screen, a fellow tall girl, and now the author of the hilarious and very poignant new book, Dying of Politeness. We sat down to talk about her incredible journey and everything she's learned along the way. So, Gina Davis, I'm trying to think of when we first really kind of got to hang out, and I'm I, like my memories are more sort of like first line of a book, oh. <laughs> all those parties we would we would have with Gavin and Gary Shandling yes, and, and Harry Shearer and all those guys. I was a fan then and and maintain a huge amount of respect for you. Oh, oh gosh, thank you. So I have to say that. I always ask people when when we come on because I know everybody sort of in from some period of time in my life, but I always am curious as to, like, if you were to try to describe yourself, like, what words would you use to sort of encapsulate who you are? Oh, brother. Well, happy. I'm, I could <laughs> definitely say I'm happy in a nice. good place in my life. I'm still, you know, passionate, you know, about, about things, about, about acting. And, uh, and I found a new passion writing this book. Did you feel like that when you wrote your book? Did you feel I, like? I can't wait to write another one. Yeah. I really. You enjoyed it. I really can't. It. I enjoyed it tremendously. Yeah. And actually penning it yourself. Right. You know, without a ghostwriter, I think is, it's just a very different part of your brain, you know, but right. it, there's something unbelievable about it. What did you like the most about it? Well, that I could actually get, make myself do it, <laughs> you know, right. uh, because, you know, I have ADD and uh, I'm a terrible procrastinator and stuff. But like you, I found it really enjoyable to do. What made you, I mean, you said you wanted to be an actor ever since you were really young. Three. Yeah, like three. Three. Yeah. That's when my mom snuck into her first moving picture. It was when she was three years old. No way. She told the lady at the ticket thing, this is in like the late 30s, she said, my mommy's in there. She stayed there all day long, oh. and the police had to come and get her because she was escaping into the movies. No way. That is incredible. Yeah. Oh, my God. But did you ever consider pursuing anything else, or were you just no. focused? That was it. That was it. I just was... Uh, fixated on that and and very comfortable not stressed about it at all this is what i'm going to be that's what i'm going to do did you have favorite icons or actresses when you were growing up i mean not really no we we never almost never went to the movies unless it was a disney movie i mean we watched old movies on tv but there wasn't anybody who made me say oh that's the exact person i want to be like it was just the world of of film and it was just the world of it you know i think I was so self-conscious and afraid to, you know, I don't know if you, you, you were terribly bothered by being tall when you were a kid. Where do people treat you differently? Or did you feel like you had to be smaller or? Well, you know, it was interesting. My dad was six, seven. Wow. And he always slouched. Yeah. And my mom would put tape between my shoulders so that if I slouched, the tape would like stick. And so I would have wow. to. Like I would, I didn't want to slouch because I didn't want it to stick. And she was like, shoulders back, head held high. Nobody likes to see a stooping, you know, female. Yeah. And because I modeled from quite a young age, sure. it was an acceptable height. 
Mm-hmm. What I was struggled with was that with that height came, I was the athletic one. Mm-hmm. You know, I was never model skinny or, or that. So that was my sort of issue. Yeah. But you say you were insecure. So it was in school, you were always tall. Yeah, I was the tallest from kindergarten on, like way taller. And it made you insecure? Yeah, it did. But it's funny you said that about your mother because my mother always made sure I didn't slouch. She didn't come up with a, a very interesting technique. A, a brutal child abuse a with, with brutal masking child abuse. tape? Uh, <laughs> but she always said, you have to stand up straight. And interestingly, she never said, like your mother, you have to be proud. Probably it was because it was rude to slouch your shoulders. Or something, but she just thought, I shouldn't do that. So then I found ways to twist my hips, you oh. know, to try to be shorter or... You know, perching on furniture and stuff like that to seem shorter. I just did that last week. I was taking a picture with this guy, and it was a bunch of us. And he said, did you just slouch? And I went, yeah. He said, oh, no, that feels gross. Do not. What is wrong with you? And I was like, Ah. it just, my body went right into it again. You know, the shoulder down, the hip out. Right, right. You know, and I was like, well, because I, as a female, I kind of always wanted to be under a guy's shoulder. Yeah. Rather than right. o- over it. Right. You know, and right. my first husband hated when I wore heels. Um, and I was like, but my legs look better with heels. Right. And I realized it was all about him. He just didn't, you know, it emasculated him evidently that that uh, I, you know, that I was tall and yeah. I don't know, it's so it's such a crazy thing. But I, I call this podcast now what? You know, there are are now moments in our lives. And I'm curious as to what are some of the first real now what moments that you experienced at any age? You know, I think one of my earlier ones was um, my church had a youth group and I enjoyed it. I liked going and, uh, and all that. I was probably in 10th grade, but I had never had a boyfriend or anything like that. And, uh, I was talking to the pastor who led the youth group privately one day. I said, why do you think that nobody asked, asked me out or nobody is interested in being, you know, my boyfriend or anything? And uh, we were outside. And it was very quiet and I was very contemplative. And he said, well, why don't you try being more like you are now more? Just kind of quiet. Oh, <laughs> God. And this is, he's saying this to an incredibly shy person who once in a while bursts out of her shell. But how did you internalize that? Like, what's that message in your brain? Well, I, I, that made me hopeless. That w- just made me feel like, how am I going to accomplish that? And, and what, a, what a sad goal. I mean, I didn't realize at that time what a sad goal that was. Were, were, were there any people or experiences that counteracted that? negativity? Well, uh, my dad and my mom, really, but they both thought I could do anything. And uh, my mom's most famous phrase that I remember was, but you can't, oh, never mind, you're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Uh, Whatever it was, (laughs) whatever it is I'd come up with that I wanted to do or make or build or whatever. And my dad was always, from when I was very little, you know, if he was painting the house, I was painting the house and fixing the car. So I, I wasn't shy about can I do things. I, for some reason, I was very confident that I could do things. It was more in interpersonal relationships that I was shy. 
right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This next question is a difficult one for me to ask. I'm, I think that it just might be tough for some of our listeners to hear as well. Oh, yeah. But there is a moment in your book um, that you talk about, and it just really struck a chord with me, probably because I have two daughters. Um, but there's a moment in your book when you discuss the idea that you realized in hindsight that you were sexually abused by a neighbor when you were young. Right. Right. I told my mother this behavior he was doing that I didn't understand because I didn't know there were parts of my body were not to be touched. And how old were you? Ten. Ten. And you had a paper route. Yeah, yeah. My mom, you know, talked to him and, and, and said I could never go inside his house again, just leave the paper down at the bottom and, and all that. But she never explained, this is what happened. This is why it's bad. I just knew that something horrible had happened that I wasn't sure whether I was responsible for or not. But uh, Did you uh, have shame around it? Like, Yeah, yeah. Like, there's something I should have done to prevent whatever this was. So, yeah, I was probably an adult by the time I realized what had happened. And nobody called, did anybody call the police? No. I mean, no, no I guess no. In, you didn't do it then, right? Yeah. That wasn't what you did. Yeah. Do you think that going forward, any of the roles you played helped helped you process that that experience by most of the roles you play and the characters are, there's a sense of real empowerment in them? Yes. I, you know, here here's my theory about all this is that I was Faking being, I was acting being 
powerful and, and strong and decisive and, and all that stuff. And the process of acting it kind of gives you an opportunity to practice <laughs> in a way. And so, uh, so I think I was able to embody, you know, some of the th things my characters did, I standing up for myself or whatever, because I'd played a character that, that had those qualities. I think a lot had to do with the essence of you. I mean, your early days as an actor, are there moments that stick out that you're the most proud of or those you just uh, cringe at? Well, Tootsie was my first movie, my first audition even. And, uh, your first audition? And you get it. And I got a job. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> in a movie directed by Sidney Pollack. Opposite Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> I know, and starring Dustin Hoffman. And uh, I didn't want to ask any questions. I was very worried that they would think, well, she doesn't know where to stand or what to do. And I was sure that there was something called movie acting that I hadn't learned and that I'd be found out as a fake. But I didn't know that you only come on the days when you shoot. <laughs> I read that. I died laughing. I it's so know, cute. I know. And nobody told me. I guess they didn't realize, you know, how really naive I was or anything. I just assumed everybody comes every day. <laughs> you so could show up on every day. <laughs> I, every day at 6 a.m., there I was. And some days they put, And you weren't getting into hair and makeup. Did that no, no, no. clue you in at all? <laughs> no, no. I thought, I didn't think I was, had to be there to act. I thought just as a member of this, you know, collective thing that I, but, but why didn't I notice that Jessica Lang wasn't hanging around on days she didn't shoot? <laughs> I, you know, it was. Well, it's kind of a theater mentality. I mean, you know, right. you are a company, the company shows up. It, it's very different in film and, and TV and cinema right. yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. all of that. Um, but that's such a sweet, <laughs> Such a sweet thing. When I read that, I was like, oh, God, she's just showing up to work every single day for four months or three months or whatever. But you know what? In hindsight, I'm sure that was the best. Oh, it was like a master class. It was. It really was. I mean, Sidney Pollack was an extraordinary director and, uh, and Dustin Hoffman. And the really, really fortunate thing for me was that they both, from the beginning, treated me like a peer because I was a model doing a season in my underwear, you know, and, um, right. and they took me very, very seriously. And uh, that really made such an impression on me. It really. Did uh, they give you any advice? Oh God. Yeah. Dustin was giving me advice constantly, uh, which was <laughs> thrilling because he clearly thought that I was going to have a career because, you know, because he gave me very sophisticated advice um, you know, about optioning books and things like that. And he, he doesn't wanted to also make sure that I didn't get preyed upon by people. And he, uh, a bit of his advice was to never, never sleep with your co-stars because <laughs> it's just, it's just a bad idea. It makes everything messy. It's just a bad idea. So <laughs> here's what you say when that comes up. You say, Oh, I would love to. You're very attractive. But I'm afraid that it would ruin the sexual tension between us oh. as a way to get out of it. And then I had to use it on somebody later. Uh, 
did you, for the most part in your career, heed his advice or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you yeah. slip every now and then? No, no. <laughs> That's good. On Blue Lagoon, they were desperate for us to fall in love. Really? They wanted us to really fall in love. And I was, by the end of it, I was like, stay away from me. Get him away from Stay me. far away from me. Ah. <laughs> we were like brother and sister. You've always been such an advocate for women. But I'm curious about, as a woman, your experiences in Hollywood. Was there any point, like way before the Me Too stuff, that you kind of said, wait a minute, I, this isn't behavior I want to tolerate. This is, this is wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I, you know, I thought you can't complain about this stuff or you can't even tell anybody about it that it would reflect on you, you know, or something, if, if something like that happened. I had a very very uncomfortable audition for a role with the director but uh oh but i dare dare um, i ask or no so well you never would have heard of him uh he was the director of um transylvania six five thousand i think he hadn't directed anything since then (laughs) but there was a scene in the movie it's a very very silly movie and i'm playing a vampire and uh there's a scene where I'm trying to seduce Ed Begley Jr. because I'm a nymphomaniacal vampire, you understand. Oh, and okay, so of course, as one is. I yep. climb up into his lap and I'm rubbing all over him and, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I say something, take me, take me. And I press his face into my breasts and, uh, and he's supposed to say something that comes out mumbled. Right. So <laughs> Suffocating it. <laughs> so this is the scene the director wants me to audition with. And... There's, there's nobody else there, and I said, "How are we? How are we going to do this? How are we going to act it? You're going to act it with me? Oh, okay." Oh, and then and then he said, "But actually, act the scene with me, like <sighs> sit on my lap." And uh, uh, oh my god, oh my god. well, oh no, oh no, that's okay. No, 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 come on, yes, I want to see how you. How you act it, and and he stuffed oh. his face in my breasts, and uh, Gross. Uh, yeah, it was bleh. God. I, the, the whole thing is unfathomable to me. Yeah, yeah. That and how do you? I mean, you walk. How do you walk away from that? What do you feel in that moment? I I hid it all and repressed it all. I didn't tell my agent, uh, who would have, I'm sure, liked to know that, but. It was just shameful to me. I think it was probably the same thing like with my paper route. I didn't quite know what happened. Again, it's a now what moment, but you're not aware of it. And there's another incident that you talk about, a very troubling encounter with Bill Murray. Right. Did that, how did that change your view? That was very, very pivotal in my life. And I realized later I should have I could have, you know, you, you can always recriminate yourself, but I should have walked out of the initial meeting rather than actually get the part and go on the set and be treated terribly. But at the meeting, it was in a hotel suite, but there was, there was a couple other people, the producers or whatever, were there. And uh, I went to go sit down with the people who were there and Bill said, hey, have you ever heard of the thumper? Have you ever tried the thumper? I'm like, what is that? It's a massage thing. Have you ever tried? No, no. We like, we like to try it. No, no, thank you. And uh, 
he kept at it and at it and at it. No, come on, come on, try it. Just come here, just come here to the bedroom and try it. And I realized he's not ever going to give up. He was so intent on it. And the other two men were not saying, Bill, come on, you know, drop it. So what I realized, Brooke, is that unless I yelled at him, I wasn't going to get out of doing this. But the other option would have been to leave, uh, you know, but I, I couldn't manage to do either one. So I, I went in the bedroom and I kind of perched on the edge of the bed and he, he thumped it on my back, like literally two seconds. And then didn't ask, how was it? Uh, did you like it? Because it wasn't about, I want you to try this cool thing. It was about, can I make you do what I want to make you do? Is she going to be a difficult actress or is she going to be malleable? Yes, exactly. And, oh, and, uh, and I learned later it was because I had just won an Oscar, uh, you know, for Best Supporting Actress. And uh, he was concerned that I might think I was all that now. You know. Th that to me is so despicable because he, there's jealousy, right? I don't think he had won an Oscar by then, probably not. And you're a woman who's right. very talented, beautiful, probably taller than he is. No. So every single thing is an emasculating <laughs> right. element right. to that. And it, God, it's so it's so crazy. And you talk about him going on; he even berates you in front of everybody. Yes. About what? What was he? Why? Well, it was again, I'm, I'm sure in hindsight, it was again to put me in my place because I saw him do it with other people as the movie went on. He, he quite frequently would explode at somebody and, uh, become very vicious and then turn away like almost like, you know, well, I did that. I got that out of the, you know, like that it was a deliberate, yeah. tactic. How did you come off of that experience? It was miserable. It was, I felt so shamed. And at lunch, just an hour or two later, uh, my manager and my agent came to take me to lunch. And I didn't tell them because I was so ashamed. I mean, in hindsight, oh my God, you know, I'll be in my trailer calling my lawyer or something, you know. But I, I guess I must have internalized something about it that, oh, I, I really wasn't doing the right thing. Or but he made it so embarrassing and so public, you know, in front of a, a couple of hundred people. God, oh, it was just awful. That fear, yeah, instilling fear as a sense of of power, intimidation. You do right. There's a line that I wrote down where you say you didn't know how to avoid being treated that way. That's a really interesting statement because not, I didn't know how to stop this behavior from happening, but I didn't know how to just avoid it. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to keep happening. And evidently it's okay. Right. Right. That's fascinating to me. Yes, it is. It is, isn't it? Because it's going to happen <laughs> all the time. Right. right. That's the problem. Yep. That's the problem. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. There are so many movies that you have been in that have just, oh God, have just made such a difference, have sort of changed the narrative uh, for women. And I did not know that you had not originally been cast in Thelma and Louise. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, teach me. Uh, Every time I've gone, oh, that movie that they just cast so-and-so, and I'm like, but I read the book and it's uncorrected proof. How do you know what to do in that case? Oh, well, I just was making it up as I went along because I I read the script. Someone had slipped it to me and I was like, oh my God, I have to be in this movie. My agent said, oh no, it's already been cast. And then I kept asking about it. And so he started calling Ridley's office. Ridley Scott was going to be just the producer of that movie at that time. And he would call Ridley Scott's office once a week, every week, and say, you know, if anything happens, Gina's still interested if anything happens. And then it turned out that a couple of months later, whoever that director was and whatever that situation was, that all fell apart. And I was so obsessed with this movie that I was actually meeting with my acting coach to work on it when it was cast with somebody else. (laughs) Which is just ludicrous. It's just ridiculous. But I I just got in my head that I had to be in this movie. And I don't know why I even thought it would ever fall apart. I mean, most things profoundly do not fall apart. But anyway, so that happened like three times. And then Ridley decided he was going to direct it himself. And finally, I got to meet with him and and try to convince him. You absolutely did. But you were active in that process. I don't know what I was thinking, why I thought there was such a good chance that I would actually end up in the movie. So you get the part. Did you have to read with Susan or? No, I got cast first. And and I signed a contract that I would play either part. 
And uh, because I had told him that I felt like I could play Louise. And then I meet Susan and I'm like, oh my God, what was I thinking? I was going to play Louise. Wow. And was was she a mentor at all to you? Or? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It, because I, it seems crazy, but I had never really spent significant time with a woman who doesn't preface everything she says with, I don't know what you'll think. This is probably really stupid. But I mean, the first... Time. We, so we sit down, the meeting is so we can sit down and go through the script and, you know, make comments, whoever wants to make a comment, oh, maybe one would change this line or whatever. So, so we sit down and then crack open the script. And I swear it was on page one that Susan said, you know, this first line I have, I think we should cut it. We don't need that. What do you think? Oh, and he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, actually, you're right. We don't need. And I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> what? Sort of stunned to watch. Uh, anyway, it was uh, it was such a lesson for me. And then the entire shoot was that way. I got to observe her every day for three months. And her very had her convictions of what she wanted and and how and has always been extraordinarily clear about that. Was acting over the age of forty. What is that like, and what was that like for you? Um, you know, I had heard, I was very well aware that people talked about actresses don't get much work after 40. And I thought, well, I mean, that won't be me, probably. I mean, I'm getting all these great parts. And, and anyway, Sally Field and Jessica Lang and Glenn Close and Meryl Streep were all doing these incredible movies, you know, where the female lead and everything. And I thought, well, that's not going to be true for them either. So they'll fix it before I get to be 40. And uh, they didn't. And uh, it happened to me too. It was, it was shocking. Was, was that a now what moment for you? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it really was. I wasn't reading things that I could advocate for, if you know what I mean, you know, like, like with Thumb and Louise or something. I wasn't, I wasn't seeing good scripts. I saw, I actually saw a lot of really crummy scripts and most of them didn't even come out. But yeah, it was, it was really stunning. Did you consider quitting? No. Or walking away? No, no, no. It was still, it's what I, what I do, what I'm passionate about, what I care about. You know, I don't, it was very, very hard because, like, well, now am I supposed to redefine myself? I'm an actor. What's fascinating was when I was 50, I got cast as the lead in uh, a TV show called Commander in Chief, where I got to be the first female president. And then finally, well, at last, you know, okay, now it's, now it's picking back up. But um, it was tough. I'm glad you're still doing it because we need more of you. Um, you recently just were awarded an Emmy for the work that you've done with the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in Media. <laughs> How did that whole endeavor come about? The whole reason I started all of that was having a daughter. And uh, when she was two years old, I thought, hey, we could start watching preschool shows now. I'm sure she would uh, would love that and put her on my lap and turn on, the, on a show. And um, within five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, I was saying, how many female characters are there in this thing? Obviously, we know there's a big imbalance 
in general, but I couldn't have imagined it would be in kids' entertainment. And then I saw it everywhere in movies that came out in a, you know, G-rated video. I didn't intend to, oh, now I'm going to form an institute or anything, but I just started whenever I had a meeting, I would ask if they, uh, whoever it was, had, had ever noticed that there were far fewer female characters in movies made for kids. And every single person said, no, 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 that's not true anymore. That's been fixed. And they would name a movie with one female character as proof that gender inequality was over. <laughs> like people very often said, well, there's been Belle from Beauty and the Beast, you know, but huh? And she's a prisoner and, you know, <laughs> gets Stockholm syndrome. So I was like, wow, this is so unconscious. I wonder if I got the data and went directly to them, because I probably can get meetings with whoever, if that would have an impact. If this, if it's completely unconscious and they find out what they're doing, will they want to make the change? And, uh, and it turned out they did. It, it, you know, I was very fortunate in that people who make entertainments for kids do it because they love kids. And so when they learned that they were not doing right by half of the kids, uh, they, everybody really wanted to make a change. Well, if those of you go back way, it's like the mother always dies within the ne within the first six minutes yeah. of a of a Disney movie. You know, <laughs> Dumbo's mom and Bambi's mom, and you know everybody. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I'm I'm a huge fan of yours. Oh, and thank you. I want to thank you for being so open, and I, I've gained a lot of of um, hope and confidence from talking to you. So thank you. Oh, that's incredible. Thank you so much. It's really been fun to talk to you, Brooke. That was the one and only Gina Davis. If you want to hear more from her, pick up a copy of her new memoir. It's called Dying of Politeness. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. And that's all for today. Talk to you next week. Now What is produced by the wonderful Julia Weaver with help from Darby Masters. Our executive producer is Christina Everett. The show is mixed by Bahid Frazier and Christian Bowman. A special thanks to Nikki Etor and Will Pearson. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.